Welcome to CBA Grain Exchange. This is your host, Luke Beckman, Grain Sales Manager for Central Valley Ag. During this podcast, we dissect the latest USDA updates and discuss other key market features. Every month, you will hear from different members of the CBA Grain team on what trends we are seeing in the marketplace and solutions to current marketing challenges. Welcome everybody to the CBA Grain Exchange. I'm your host, Luke Beckman. Uh, we are in the middle of carnival season. We're riding the roller coaster in the grain markets. Uh, coming into today, one of the biggest reports of the year, that's the Planet Acreage Report and the Quarterly Grain Stocks Report. June 30th every year, end of the month, uh, right, right in the middle of summer. We had uh, some fireworks today, right ahead of the 4th of July. And uh, joining me today is a repeat guest on this podcast, Jason Meyer, grain specialist uh, up in our Hinton, Iowa office. Jason, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Luke. Well, we needed some repeat expertise for today because this thing's been talked about and lots of lost sleep over what we were going to see today uh, across the world as people geared up for um, what we expected to be an explosive day, one direction or the other, we just didn't know which direction. Um, but surprising numbers from the USDA today, largely in the acreage report, uh, quarterly stocks data, uh, nothing too wild to report on there, but corn acres today come in at 92.7 million. Uh, that's below the average trade guest at 93.8. Uh, a lot of folks, uh, some of those estimates were as high as 96 or 97 from some private forecasters. Uh, really, the thought process was, hey, felt like, you know, the USDA lowballed acres in March and based on high prices, a good spring, we really expected that we were going to have uh, a lot of acres reported today. Market was leaning that way. Um, you know, we were negative coming into today, Jason, and uh, that's just not what we got. You know, USDA at 92.7 on corn. Soybeans were at 87.555. That was actually down margin just just a skosh from the uh march planning intentions report at 87.6 so bean acres actually sideways to us to a bit lower um there wheat acres at 46 million versus usda's numbers in march at 46.35 so overall um you know acres just did not grow like we thought they would today but Jason, I just want to pause there. I want to get kind of your off-the-cuff thoughts before we dig into some of this information. First, it's always easy uh, when, when we have a podcast and, and we're living up in corn, so that makes uh, the audience <laughs> a little bit uh, uh, to, easier. Uh, bear of yeah, good news. Wow. Uh, bear of good news, wow. Jason. That's, that's, that's good. Yeah, bear of good, good news. But yeah, just, just wow is all I can say. Uh, that was a big surprise. Uh, everybody kind of looked at uh, crop insurance this spring. Uh, we had great levels. 458 was a spring insurance level for corn. Markets were rallying. We had ideal weather during planting season. Yeah, we're going to plant a lot of corn at these levels, but I'm just starting to wonder maybe if the, the cost per acre uh, to put those additional acres in was kind of a limiting factor on corn this year. Yeah, I know you see... Like, okay, so we're looking at these principal crop acres. I have it pulled up right now. 317.2 million 
you know, like with the prices we had this year, you said it. I mean, wouldn't we have expected to see that maybe close to some of your all-time highs? That would have been 2014. We, that was 326.7. Um, why? Why? Why weren't we at? Why weren't we at record levels or close to it, Jason? That that's very surprising. I thought we'd have every road ditch that can actually be planted, planted, and and farmers are creative and and trying to get extra acres here and there, but. Yeah, I I just don't know where the government's coming from. This is definitely a big uh, big surprise to the marketplace here. Look, looking at corn acres, uh, we, we seem disappointed that they're not as high as they were. But this is like the largest corn acre number since 2016. So the trend is definitely up. So I don't want that to be a, a bearish point there. But corn acres are up over the five year average here. Yeah, really just 94 million back in 2016. Um, you know, we kind of get a state by state breakdown. That was part of the other reason thinking acres would grow today was a lot of the growth expected to be in the Dakotas. Uh, that's typically a pretty, you know, when we do have prevent plant acres, they tend to come out of North, South Dakota, Missouri. Those tend to be some of your top states, you know, drying the Dakotas this year. So a lot of those acres were planted. Uh, prevent plant would be, you know, implied to be uh, quite a bit lower this year. But yeah, we look at principal crop acres, you know, North Dakota up 15.6% year over year, South Dakota up 8%. Um, so those were big, uh, big states in terms of where the acreage uh, came from. South Dakota makes the top five in, in planted acreage uh, across the country. It goes Iowa, Illinois, Nebraska, Minnesota, and South Dakota. So South Dakota uh, cracks the top five in corn acreage at 6 million acres. So uh a lot of the acres that we did get growth from, Jason, are in the Dakotas and the Western Corn Belt. Talk to me about that. Yeah, it's it's good to see the Dakotas get planted fully this year. Uh, they've had a lot of wet uh, springs the last couple of years. Uh, but if we don't get any rain in those areas in the next seven to ten days, I, I don't know. It might be cutting a lot of silage up there. And North Dakota plants 3.6 million, get this, up 84.6% on planted acreage compared to last year on corn. South Dakota, we mentioned 6 million acres there, up 21%. Uh, Minnesota, 8.5 million acres, up 6.3%. Those were your three largest states from the Corn Belt states uh, in terms of corn acreage growth. Actually, Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois, uh, all down year over year uh, in terms of corn acreage, which is a little bit puzzling as well. Um, I wonder, you know, we talked about fertilizer, not with you, Jason, but on an earlier podcast where fertilizer prices in the spring had really started to ratchet higher. You think that's at play here a little bit with producers maybe thinking, you know, let's plant some beans, save some money on some inputs now that these fertilizer prices have changed. Yeah, I think that's one thing that you can look in the mix and, and going into the spring, we were really dry. so. Did farmers really want to put more risk out there in a market that was uncertain with maybe we can't get the fertilizer or fertilizer prices are too high or what if it doesn't rain? So I think those are three things to look at on maybe why acres weren't up as much as we anticipated here. Absolutely. Well, okay, so I'm, I'm just running some quick numbers. So between the Dakotas and Minnesota, you've got 18.1 million acres out of your 
92.7 total. 20% of the nation's corn acres are in those three states, Jason. So no doubt you look at a drought monitor, it's dry in that area. So now, now that the acreage report's out of the way, what's, what's the focus here? Uh, we're gonna quickly shift back to weather here. Uh, obviously we alluded to the fact that the Dakotas, Minnesota are extremely dry. So you said 20% of the, the corn total is extremely dry. If we don't get any any rain in those areas, significant rain I'm talking about, uh, the roller coaster that we're on, we're going higher right now. Maybe that roller coaster is going to get a little bit higher uh, for, for prices. Yeah, let's talk about that. You know, we've, we've highlighted that the July report is the 12th, so that would be a couple Mondays away yet. But now they're going to take this acreage data and plug it into the balance sheet. And they'll have a chance to update the full the full balance table at that time. What are your thoughts on the USDA touching yield in the July report here in two weeks? You just look at the crop conditions each week. You think statistically uh, that they're going to have to take us lower than the 179.5. I would say if we're in the 179 and higher, that's probably going to be a little bit of a bearish number in the marketplace. Uh, I do think the market's looking for less less acres, and also what's going to be interesting to watch is the harvested acres. So how many of these acres in the Dakotas, Minnesota that got planted, if it doesn't rain, is the USDA going to make an adjustment on the harvested percentage? Because production is super important this year with all the demand that we have going to China. Yeah, you you hit on a key point there, Jason, in this question will get asked by our producer base is what about hailed acres? What about drought acres? You know, maybe that's reflected in today's planted acreage. And, and that's that's a misconception. That's not correct. A planted acre is a planted acre, regardless of what happens to it. You alluded to it, that gets accounted for in harvested acreage data. So if you have abandonment, if you have silage, if you have hail or wind and, and the crop does not get harvested, it comes out of that harvested acreage number. So It'll take a longer time to figure that information out. USDA typically doesn't start making those adjustments until uh, the fall. So it'd be a long little bit of a, a road here before we figure that out. Let's, let's talk about beans a little bit because we talked about these corn numbers and dug into some, some state data. But uh, soybean acreage obviously grew year over year, 87.6 versus 83.1 last year. So we did, we stepped it up, Jason. Um, you know, compared to last year and the two, the two big crop total at 180 million acres matches a record that we had back in 17. Um, so it's not like we didn't plant a lot of acres of corn and beans, um, but maybe with the low prevent plant year and the big prices, we expected a, maybe a new record uh, in a bigger way. But state by state, you know, North Dakota sets a state record, 7.2 million acres. That's up 25% over last year. Uh, South Dakota up 11% over last year at 5.5 million, um, and Minnesota 7.7 million up 4.1%. So again, a lot of acreage, a lot of acreage growth uh, that took place in corn was the same in beans. So we did pick up a lot of acres in that Northwest Corn Belt. What are your, what are your thoughts on the bean acreage report today? Yeah, I was a little surprised today that the bean number is actually lower uh, than what the March and uh, March intentions report. Uh, stated, uh, and you look at at beans. Uh, 
but there's a lot of demand in the world. I just don't know how else to say it. Uh, what, why do we raise beans? It's for the for the meal and the oil. Right now, uh, soybean oil is leading the way. Um, I think the world world needs to eat. That's a vegetable oil. Um, the population's growing, and with COVID, a lot of people stayed home instead of going to restaurants. So that increased the the demand for the the vegetable oils, and that's led soybeans to go higher. But yeah, I'm just kind of shocked that the higher prices didn't encourage more acres from the March report. That just it is mind-boggling to me again. We there was a lot of chatter after the March reports came out immediately. March March uh, planning intentions report came out, and a lot of commentary around buckle up, <laughs> buckle up for June 30th, or have your crop marketed by June 30th because acres are going up. Well, corn and bean acres did go up as a basket today. I mean, beans went down, but between the two, they went up. Jason, we didn't get the increase. So now we're, we're sitting here looking at the balance sheet. You know, we're putting these scenarios together. We're going to put a lot of pressure on yield here to perform on the production side, aren't we? We can't have a hiccup in bean yields whatsoever. Uh, it's very imperative that the August rains Hopefully they materialize this year. Otherwise, uh, yeah, the sky could be the limit for for soybeans here. Yeah, and we haven't talked. I know you alluded to demand being strong. What are the risks? You know, are there any risks out there on the demand side that maybe you know the rug gets pulled out on that side of the ledger? I'd say the big uh, risk right now is Malaysian palm oil. Malaysian palm oil production is actually up fifteen uh, percent year on year. Uh, so last year, you kind of think about Indonesia, uh, Malaysia, uh, they had a drought, so that impacted their palm oil production. Uh, we see a lot of rapeseed or canola uh, from Canada, uh, that oil come into the marketplace, but obviously Canada has a little bit of a drought as well. That That's really the only demand destruction potentially that I could see for for soybeans and soybean oil here. And also, well, it, 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 it's worth noting, what is the government going to do with the biofuels mandate? We have a lot of volatility in that. I think we have our own own podcast on that. So that, that's something that's up in the air. And the way the government's going right now, that's not friendly uh, biodiesel or ethanol. So that could pressure some demand as we go forward. Yeah, good points. On that, you know, that was part of that roller coaster on the way down that, you know, the Supreme Court had made the ruling in favor of the small refiners, you know, uh, on the corn side as well. Uh, that's been negative. So bears watching, but this is all about supply today and concerns over what we're going to produce. We need to focus on weather uh, to see now how yield gets impacted because acres, they can change, they will change, but usually the big jump happens between the two reports. So uh, bullish surprise here. Uh, in the corn and bean markets today. Let's talk just a little bit about the stocks report. Don't want to forget about that. We had mentioned it wasn't uh, a huge shocker today. Corn stocks, 4.1 billion bushels, 4.112, excuse me, versus a 4.114. So we really weren't far off. We were right in the middle of the uh, range of estimates and uh, tighter, you know, down 17.8% uh, year over year. On-farm stocks down 39% year over year. And commercial stocks up 
you know, about 11%. So the farmer has moved a lot of grain, Jason, right? Compared to last year. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. As we saw the rally post-harvest, uh, we, we were able to see levels uh, we haven't seen for the last five to, to seven years. So $4 corn, $5 corn, $6 corn. There's a lot of movement. Uh, knock on wood, we didn't have a ton of snow or, or moisture uh, to get those uh, farmyards all, all muddy. Uh, so allowed uh, the folks to, to move uh, bushels accordingly. And, and I think higher markets, you, you should reward the markets, right? And be moving stuff and take advantage of the, the price rally. And farmers definitely responded big time this year. Yeah, I mean, you, there was no surprise, right? I mean, for us to see on-farm stocks down pretty hard year over year, based on our own experience here at CBA. That, that's correct. We've seen a record record movement, and we got what two uh, two months left in our fiscal year. So definitely, we're, we're glad that at CBA we've been able to help and handle all all these extra bushels. Yeah, and I mean, you know, that's an important thing to mention. You know, remember ethanol uh, really kind of taking a step back during COVID, of course, with reduced gasoline consumption. You know, CBA, you know, has quite a few shuttle assets. I mean, we were exporting a lot of corn outside of the Midwest uh, when ethanol was struggling and uh, want producers to remember that. You know, that's really the value of your cooperative at work in uh, creating higher demand for the bushels that are remaining here. Uh, so regardless if you're doing business with CVA or not, CVA is providing value to your operation uh, because of the infrastructure and the assets that we own uh, and what we're able to do uh, as we trade those bushels and get them outside of our borders, uh, making the rest of that grain more valuable. So that's that's a key point, Jason. Um, that was corn, soybean stocks, 767 million versus an estimate at 787 million. Um, that was, again, right in the middle of the, the range of estimates. That's down 44.5% versus last year. Uh, On-farm stocks down 65%. Commercial stocks down 27%. So just doesn't really matter how you cut it. Bean stocks are tight. Really tight. It's going to be interesting to see uh, what China does uh, with the new crop uh, beans here, if they continue to, to buy. Uh, it seems like we have a little lull in the action right now as everybody's going to sell. The, the southern hemisphere but obviously we've had some weather issues in the southern hemisphere as well so how uh how aggressive does china want to get uh into the marketplace here especially now with acres not as high and, and a good chance that bean yields are not going to make a trend line yields here so it's it's we got a lot of factors and and at, at play and and what ball is going to land where and that's going to dictate market direction as we go forward. Absolutely. Now, great points there, Jason. Uh, let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little bit about strategy. We've kind of dissected the numbers today. Talk broadly what the market's doing. All right, you're a producer, Jason. You're talking to your producers. What's your advice here after today's information? Well, I, I like to look at our crop insurance levels. We're way above those those levels here. But let's say you're northwest Iowa, uh, north of Highway 20 in Nebraska. You're really worried about the weather. Is it going to rain? But you like these prices. A great strategy would be to sell 
uh, a cash contract today and buy a call against it just in case the marketplace rallies, it's going to have a cost to you. But at least if the market rallies, you're covered. And if the market goes down, you're happy that you sold at the levels we're at. So I really, really like, we call that the min price contract. Yeah, that's a great way to secure a floor. Jason, just like you said, you know, we don't know where this roller coaster is going to end up, but uh, volatility is probably something we expect to be a mainstay here for the rest of this production cycle. So really like that. What, uh, what's a comfortable level, would you say, uh, percent sold on, on new crop? I think it all kind of depends on if you have irrigation or water. Uh, if you have irrigation, you can feel a little bit more comfortable. I think you guys should be looking at that 50, 60%, uh, maybe get a little heavier ahead of this July 12th report. You never know what curveball the government's going to throw at us. And maybe on your unpriced production, uh, let's look at buying some puts and establish a wonderful floor for you. If you don't know how to do that, you can contact one of your local CBA grain specialists and we can get that done for you. Uh, in the drier areas, man, that's it makes it a little bit tougher to get super aggressive uh, on making some cash sales. Talk to your crop insurance agent and just see what they, maybe they can give you some good advice on what percentage they think you should be sold and how that crop insurance all coverage all works for you. But maybe 25 to 30%, I'll call it on the dry land acres. Well, uh, what about some of those puts, Jason? Is that a solution, uh, you know, for the dry land producer? Yeah, I would. I kind of like the five fifty puts. Uh, maybe try to get those for thirty cents or or better. Uh, that would give you about a five uh, twenty floor. And let's say you got basis at thirty under. You're looking at a four eighty to four ninety cash price there. And beans, I don't know, maybe. $11.50, $12 put, but those are those are pretty pricey right now. But volatility equals opportunity. Uh, when we have volatile markets that can go up quite a bit, those options are going to cost a lot more money as well, but a valuable uh, insurance tool. And what's going to hurt worse? You don't sell anything, the market goes down, or you, you sell something and the market goes higher. So that's that's a question that you have to ask yourself. Absolutely. Well, a lot going on. It's been a it's been a bumpy ride. Uh, today's report's friendly, no doubt about it. Uh, we typically see some volatile price action between this report and the July WASD. Would expect that again this year. Um, so yeah, be looking at your positions before uh, July twelfth. Get to a comfortable situation before the USDA has a chance to uh, update balance sheets once again. Uh, we're going to wrap it up there, Jason. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, crazy busy time here in the grain markets as we try to navigate all this volatility. Uh, we'll talk to you again in uh, 12 days. Happy 4th. Thanks for listening to the CVA Grain Exchange. Stay up to date on all things CVA Grain by signing up for our grain emails at cvacoop.com grain or follow us on social media at Central Valley Ag on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next month. And until then, stay safe.